Hey, what to do with the business is? It is another week in the books with the On Deck TV podcast. I am Spike Lou. Man, holla at your boy, Animal Brown, Animal underscore Brown, if you're looking for me on social media. Absolutely. I am Spike Lou on them same social sites. Holla at your boy, boy. How you holding up out there close to the holidays? Got your Christmas shopping done? Absolutely not. Uh, I'm going to wait last minute like real niggas do. And those uh, day of people. I'm going to go Christmas Eve, go shopping in Lenox. Fuck it. And Christmas Eve on a Friday, too. That's going to be nuts. It's going to be shaking. That's a payday for niggas in there. Damn. You got to wear your bulletproof vest now, Lenox, too. (laughs) It's going to be shaking. Um, But, yeah, we're getting closer to the holidays, man. Man, real quick shout out. Two real quick shout outs. Shout outs to um, the newest podcast, um, Cashmere and Cognac, our guy M Extra. Um, our guy S. Wash. Listen, man, y'all make sure to check out that first episode. It is up now on all platforms that you listen to podcasts, and it's on YouTube right now. I recommend watching on YouTube. That enhances the listening experience, in my opinion. But if you prefer to listen to the audio, man, just make sure you check it out. Cashmere and Cognac live right now. Go listen to it after this. Yes, uh, absolutely. Tap in Thai guys, man. Definitely a hard to look at M Extra on YouTube. That's true. That's tough. But for those who have been asking about it, man, uh, be on the good things and check out the show. It's really dope. Dope perspective for the M Extra fans out there. All fans, actually. Check it out, man. Proud Absolutely. to have on the network. And then real quick, second shout out. I came back from the Ville over the weekend. Triple salute to my guy, Caesar. He jumped the broom. Had a great time. Drunk a lot of, uh, man, what was that we was on? Jesus Christ. Uh, I drank a lot of some. Uh, that show you how much I drink. I don't. I don't even remember what the fuck we was on. But I had a really good time. A lot of jokes. Good to see everybody. To, good to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in a long time. I, I ain't gonna name names because I forget people. But uh, it's just good to see people in good health, doing well, and uh, you know, evolving, man. So it was cool to see. Congrats. Congratulations <clears throat> to C's, man. I am hot. I didn't get to make that, but uh, congratulations to him and his wife. Long, fruitful marriage. I hope that is. Absolutely, man. Let's get to the business, though. We have an action-packed episode. Um, Lil Duval says Kodak is on the same level as your favorite rapper, Kendrick Lamar. We're going to talk about that. P has a little bit of a falling out with Tennessee State University. God damn, that's the home team versus the home team. Some bullshit right here. And we do our our annual On Deck Awards 2021 style. I can't wait to get to this. But what I can't wait to get to any faster is actually – that verses that went down last week, three, six mafia bone thugs and harmony in LA. We all saw it rate your experience on a scale of one to 10. How was this versus? What was I wrong? Um, I picked bone. Yikes. Unfortunately. <laughs> and they went out there and got embarrassed <laughs> as a viewer. The viewing experience was at least a seven way okay. above average. Glad I checked into this. Uh, three, six ultimate professionals. I don't know what I was thinking and expecting a Memphis act to be on versus without somebody getting swung on. I don't even know how I missed that. And that was an easy prediction that should have been made on the on deck TV podcast with our experience being from Tennessee. Uh, just completely dropped the ball on that prediction there, but man, it was, it was a good versus man. Three, six came, they showed their ass. They show uh, why they are legends in the South they show why lineage is important in the different cities. Like, no disrespect to Bone. They did a nice, 
put on for Cleveland. But when you're talking about music and people knowing how to put on the show, DJ Paul, uh, the whole three, six, everybody that came up there, long line of history in Memphis and it showed by the professionalism that three, six had, they, they were just outclassing ball yeah. to, to, to put it at the very least, even with them swinging first in, in the punch, they still outclassed bone but it was a great versus man i love the swiss uh swiss didn't run didn't run from the 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 slight altercation i love the comments and what i seen like this is hip-hop yeah not promoting fighting not promoting violence but guess what had a little slight mishap right here but we're gonna keep it going we're gonna load everything back up get everybody back on the same page because this is unfortunately the environment that we come from but we're gonna keep running and we're gonna get this bag like we signed up to do I loved it. Um, great professionalism by everybody involved. Yeah, and at the end of the day, even with the slight mishap, niggas dapped it. They still made it to the end. Niggas dapped it up and kept it moving. It was a successful Facts. night. Had hella people watching on all the streaming platforms, which is what they want. Had a lot of people talking about it. Man, first off, one to ten, this was a ten. Um, <laughs> uh, bro, this shit was so entertaining. And I'm and I'm a fan of both acts. You know what I mean? You love three six. I love three six. I love the first home. nigga. I think you were the first person I met. They actually listen to 3-6. 3-6 was tough. I, I fuck with 3-6 heavy back in the day. I don't know about that. No, they were tough. Clearly, you just saw them put on a show in this versus. They, 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 uh, I feel like they, they formed into what they are at the, what you saw at the versus, like they grew into because Juicy J, yeah, Juicy J, he shook them it. on his back. Yeah. He put them on his back, but go ahead. No, nah, he shook it. I'm not going to lie. But it, it was dumb entertaining. I'm I'm hella, I'm hella familiar with both of their catalogs. So I was looking forward to this. And I, I thought it was, I was surprised that 3-6 came out the gate with what they came out with. Because they came out the gate swinging. I was like, damn, tell the club up already? Who running? Yeah. Already? Yeah. I was like, damn, all right. And so they, I think that aided in a little bit of Bones frustration because they chose a different route. They chose to save their hits for around the middle and try to, and try to finish strong. Whereas three six came out the gate heavy, so is I think that led to some of the frustrations. Busy Bone, of course, the altercation with Busy Bone and Juicy J was some of the funniest shit I've seen all year. Like that dude, I was crying laughing. First of all, him calling them ugly motherfuckers was so funny, and it's at least seven ugly motherfuckers on three six side. Start from the beginning though. Did you know you were well aware of their beef, right? Yeah, hell yeah. You knew they didn't like each other. Yeah, but, but that was water under the bridge, though. It's like 90s shit. Allegedly. Well, not well, when you I come thought it was. calling me an ugly motherfucker. That's it ain't true. water under the bridge. That's true. So I didn't, I wasn't really familiar. I kind of knew, but didn't know they was beefing like that. I didn't know it was on site. But well, it's, I, that's, more, that's more one member that's got some mental challenges in this medicine. When, when she was saying he should have took his medicine, was that a low blow or was that all fair and game? Nah, I mean, the nigga swung. He threw a fucking water ball in it. And yeah, once, he can't, you once can't you stop the show and call me ugly motherfucking, like, you, you make it a point. Like, you could have said that. Like, there's a way, if he wanted to get that off, like, he could have got that off. Motherfuckers say slick shit when they get in the mic back and play the song. Like, you could have got that off. Yeah. But he stopped the show, crossed under the tape. <laughs> Like nigga, relax. And then he threw the water bottle, like you said, like it was all on busy. But but Juicy J response, <laughs> don't play with me. This you gonna get that from Memphis. I don't give a fuck what you got. It ain't gotta be no street nigga or nothing. He just gotta be from Memphis. I'm telling you, that's the responses you gonna get, nigga. That's Memphis all hey, day, man. 
every day. <laughs> oh, I was crying. And then, like you said, Gangsta Boo ad libbing the whole fight made it even funnier. The whole time, dude, you can hear her in the background, Busy Bone, you a hater. <laughs> you a- <laughs> hey, DJ Paul was the first one to run up, though. Don't it was, it was somebody Paul, else, too. DJ Paul was the first nigga in his face when he when he threw the bottle. He rushed him. Hey man, he ran to the front. Strong. Uh, Fat Joe said that. If, man, if y'all haven't watched Fat Joe recap, I see why he do the recap. This is the first time I ever watched one. Dude, that it's shit Fat was stupid funny, dude. He because he do he go he hops on IG, does the recap. You know he gassed it up like how New York niggas oh, your sauce. He stole extra, your sauce. He throwing on all the extra A1 sauce on top, but it's hella entertaining. Man, DJ Paul tapped into the to the live. Man, that nigga said, that nigga said, I mean this in no disrespect. He said, How you got one arm, but you the first one swinging? But I stood up crying. Hey, fat Joe funny as fuck, dude. He funny hey, as hell. He sh- I, I should have had him as my nominee for the person of the year. He been shaking it low-key too, though. Yeah, that was funny. Great job. He has done a great job this year. He need to thank uh Swiss for that oop. Major That's a fact. Swiss has thrown him this year. But yeah, that, but that was a good battle though. To be honest, that was a good battle. It didn't. It was a blowout at first, and then it got it e- a little more even because Bone trying to do them B sides and I'm very like chill. Yeah, I got to match hit for hit and then try to get, gain niggas with the B side. I wish it was in, an, in another city. I understand Bone has a big following in LA, but you couldn't really get the vi- the hype from the vibe from the crowd. And I thought that was whack. Yeah, they weren't really hype at all. Nah, they not from what we could see. <laughs> not from what we could see. And it was a typical L.A. crowd, though. That's what L.A. does. That's the, the big backlash that you usually get. All phones up, dude, when nobody yeah. hype. Like, People man. weren't trying to see shit. Yeah, true. Too cool for school. All right, man, but that was a that was a uh, was exciting a versus. Ball. What's the next one? What was it? It's a classic. That was a classic verse? That was a classic versus, bro. What, what are the other classic verses? Give me Gucci Jeezy. Easy. That was a classic. Locks Dipset? Locks Dipset for sure. That's a classic, dude. Versus has at least three classics. Fuck it. What about Jada Kiss uh, Fab? That was great. It wasn't a classic. Oh. That was great, though. It had moments. It did. It was. But it wasn't a classic. Versus classics. That's a good one. Yeah. All right, next, man, we go to your man, Travis Scott. He had a, well, unfortunate incident that happened we all know about with the Astro World Festival. Hulu decided to put a documentary out about it. Yes, that quick. Uh, they got a lot of backlash online for people saying that it was way too soon, so they pulled it down. My question to you, Animal Brown, is a good move or bad move by Hulu to listen to the critics and take the documentary down? Was yeah, that was, sm- that was smart, man. Um, it's entirely too soon. There's litigation out here. Um, it was Oh, it was called Concert from Hell, by the way. And I understand title right there. Yeah, that's nasty. The title was nasty, but I I understand Hulu wants to capitalize off of the moment and the search engine optimization. Everybody's still talking about it. So they were trying to get out there quick. How they filmed and chopped up this documentary nigga in three business days. I have no fucking clue. I can only imagine how it looked. I don't know anybody that saw it. I didn't see it, but they, it, it was way too soon. You can let this marinate. That's going to hit the same next year, bro. If you were to drop concert from hell, the Astro world documentary this time in 2022, it would have hit the same dude. Everybody would have been interested. You know what I'm saying? It would, it would have been, a, a it, if they filmed it, like how I'm thinking they filmed it. And it, we're probably seeing never before seen X, Y, and Z's. 
then it probably still would have had a, a had a big impact and Hulu would have got the clicks that they were looking for. But to do yeah. that shit two weeks, three weeks after the fact, man, bro, it's, it's still lawsuits going on, man. People just got through like having funerals and shit, bro. Like they, that, that, that was, that wasn't cool, man. That was whack. That was an interesting decision by Hulu to market it the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, to take it down and listen to the backlash was smart. Yep. Uh, but the approach that they took, I don't think was smart. And they could have got this off. This the the crowd that's gonna tap into Hulu and read concert from hell that they were promoing this to. That's not the crowd that's tapping into or that wants to tap into this so soon because those were the people at Astro World. Right. If this is a, a 60 minutes piece, if this is on 2020 or eight line Friday. That Friday when it happened is cool because that's a whole different older crowd of people that really are into hey, what happened? Yep. Are Dateline's covering this? So I've been hearing this Travis Scott guy's been all over Good Morning America. Hell yeah, I want to see this. But don't push this up here having front page Hulu concert from hell because it seems like you're just piling on to Travis Scott. Yep. This could be used to his advantage because he doesn't want to get out and speak about this. He doesn't want to get out and seem insensitive about this. So if there are things that make it because, I mean, again, he's just an artist and we know the takes that we took on this. So if there are things in the documentary that show, hey, man, this wasn't really his fault. Mm. Or if there are things in the documentary that kind of show you a thought process that he had, anything that kind of gives you some leeway. Away, again, he's not coming out to talk about it. If this could be the voice for and I ain't trying to let him off the hook or say uh-huh. that he wasn't at fault at all. But if there's something by professionals that could be done to put out information about this, then, yeah, we want the information. Don't promo it to us the way that you did. Don't throw it because I logged on a Hulu to watch something else. And like nigga, this front page yep. and my first thought, like you said, this is insensitive. But then thinking about it more like I do want the information because right. there's been a lot of shit out there. The speculation, a lot of conspiracies online as to what happened. So to have a reputable news source do it and put it out, that's perfect. But don't make it like a documentary like Firefest. Don't do me like that, though. They, just, like you said, people's lives were lost. Like it's still litigation going on. Give it to me in a professional manner like you would do or show the respect you would do a 60 minutes piece or a 2020 piece. Yeah, that, I, I agree. And you mentioned Firefest. Well, that's immediately what I thought of. That went down in 2017. We got a documentary about two, three, four years later about it. And obviously, that's a different circumstances. People got hit up for their money, but nobody got killed out there. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It was a different type of tragedy. It was just a failed experiment. You know what I mean? That's, that's something completely different. And they still let that breathe. You know what I'm saying? They had three, yeah. four years, dude, before they documented well, that. They came out and did that, right? Yeah, like, you, like how how do you even have time to do a proper documentation, though? Like, done it properly, speak to people that were there. You know what I'm saying? Like, do, get background on what really happened. Talk to security. Invest. Let the investigations all sort themselves out. They haven't done any of that. Dude. <laughs> they I, haven't, and it's true. But but just like with that, like take for instance the uh, white girl that disappeared. With, you know that was on the trip in the van was like For they sure. had a special they had a special the next night or whenever dateline came on if that happened wednesday they had the special running on friday mm. hour and 20 minutes mm. just off and, and, and it's a lot of speculation but a lot of it is just like here are the facts that we have already and that's the point that i'm making about them doing this like that's that 2020 abc had, was behind this it was a reputable news program for sure so they could have just presented it better i don't know who they hired to market it but i do want the information and i'm sure they probably had some good information did a lot of fact checking because hey, again it's abc 
a lot is on the line for them to put out good content, but don't try to push it like Fire Festival and make it where, oh, it's this must-see thing. Like, nah, for the people that need the information, it's there. Just presented it totally wrong. I agree. <clears throat> and real low-key, every time, if I catch Dateline from the beginning, that should be fire as a motherfucker, Ill, nigga. <laughs> every Monday, I watch TV sometimes while I'm working, just in the background. I got Peacock. Every Monday, I check to see what the Dateline story was. Just, just to, like, just if it catch me for like 20 minutes. But like you said, most of the time, boom, I'm locked in. Like, nigga, that motherfucker, if you catch Dateline from the beginning, nigga, that motherfucker, they hit, nigga. They've been hitting for the last 30 years, dude. Facts. Facts. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, hey, man, we got a hot take coming from comedian Le Duval. Um, he took to Twitter. And he put out the following tweet. He said, Kodak really up there with Kendrick lyrically, but y'all don't want to hear it, though. Simple question. Was that hot take uh, legitimate or just another freezing cold take on Twitter? Man, that's a I won't go as far as freezing cold because Lil Duval is from Florida. Uh, Kodak back Black is from Florida. And the comparison that I would immediately make is when people talk about Tupac and say, well, he wasn't lyrical. And then some people say, oh, man, he the most lyrical ever. It's just how you proceed. Like, it's all um, like his music. Like, you you can't say that he don't digest the lyrics the way that one person would and think that he's as deep as Kendrick Lamar. But bar for bar, nah. Like, I tried to listen to a couple Kodak Black projects before we did this and, and try to make it make sense, and it didn't. And it just, there's no way that you could take what Kendrick Lamar does, mainly because he takes so much time doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, Kodak Black put out music at a way more frequent pace than Kendrick Lamar does. And it's a lot deeper when you go back and you listen to an album like Damn, like to, even when you listen to it and then you, people will be like, oh, well, listen from the, the end and it goes to the beginning and it tells a completely different story. Like Kodak Black don't have lyrics like that, that you can even perceive that that may happen and people even uh, suggested to you online and you go to check it out. Like, nah, that's not happening. So. Lil Duval had a, with a freezing cold take right there. Yeah, <clears throat> that was ice cold. Um, he, man, he gonna need some icy hot for that reach, dude. Like, like Kendrick to Kodak Black, bro. And he he tried to jump back at people that were, you know, obviously letting him know that this this take was garbage. He said, "Most of y'all hating on Kodak. Don't even listen to him. Your opinion don't matter." Um, nigga said, "I must be comparing Kodak to Kendrick Perkins." Uh, which is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because that's exactly, nigga, what the fuck. That's the, uh, you must be talking about another Kendrick, bro. Because uh, obviously, and this is, here's the thing, though. You're making people knock Kodak and joke on Kodak. And you're making him the butt of a joke because you jumped out there on the ledge on this ridiculous comparison. Kendrick Lamar is barbecuing Kodak Black seven days a week, 24 hours a day, dude. And there's nothing wrong with that. He is barbecuing a lot of people every day of the week. So I don't want to turn this into a Kodak Blackish trash because that's what's going to happen. People are going to go extreme the other way because you wanted to go extreme left. They're going to go extreme right and start calling Kodak trash. And he's never been this. He's We're not going to go that far. He should never be in the same sentence as Kendrick Lamar unless you're naming rappers in alphabetical order, dude. And other than that, Leave them two alone. They don't belong in the same sentence. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you're from Kodak's neighborhood, dude, or uh, it doesn't matter. If you listen to hip hop and you know rap, they're just, you can like Kodak music more than Kendrick, though. If he would have said that, I wouldn't even be mad. 
I, I'd be like, oh, okay, that, that's subjective. But if you know rap and you know what lyrics are, then you can't compare the two. That's just not, that's not fair to Kodak though. He set him up. Lil Duval is smart. And he knew phrasing it this way would get backlash. Lil Duval is a, a social media provocateur. So he knows how to get people talking one way or the other. So I, I, I would attribute it to that. But yeah. Like you said, you're not wrong if you prefer Kodak Black music over Kendrick Lamar. I, I would never right. say, I would never clown somebody for that. But like you said, when we're talking about lyrics and you're talking about like shit, you can just pull up yeah, no. genius and, and see how this makes sense versus something else. Like, nah, you can't do that. Can't do that at all. Someone asked him, what song gives you these vibes? And he responded with everybody going to die before I go. So if you need a reference point, there's apparently a song. I haven't heard this song, but there's a song called everybody going to die before I go. And I get it. Kodak, Kodak a deep dude, too, though. Like, I get it. He probably was listening to a song, Lil Duval Smoke. He probably was high as hell. High as fuck. He probably like, oh, man, this just remind me of such and such. And that's probably the song, the only song that he's talking about, too. <laughs> he could, hey, if a nigga would have asked him to name two, he wouldn't have been able to do it. At all. Backstory about On Deck TV. You know, you remember the story when we came down here to meet? Have we told this on here before? Who, me who? Oh, we first started. Oh, we, shit. Yo, that's first, a funny-ass story, dude. We first started all trying to get into media and stuff. We had our little handy cam and we had just brought some people on to help us with uh what was it? It was on deck then, right? Yeah, was for it sure. Deck? It was definitely on deck. And we secured a meeting with Clay. And she reached out to Clay. Like the, the chick that we had gotten to help us reached out to Clay via email. So we drove down Clay is TI's role manager. He works with Grand Hustle. Yeah, Rubicon ATL. That's his Instagram. And he's Lil Duval's manager as well. And he's T.I.'s role manager, which means when T.I. go out, he handle everything logistically. Mm-hmm. So we get down here and we meet him. We're trying to figure out if we should wear like a suit and a tie. And sh- well, not a suit and tie, but yeah, at no. least be presentable. But we decided with hoodies and hats and shit. And uh, that's when we met Jody Breeze. Got to do the interview with Jody Breeze and Big Country when we came down here. Mm-hmm. But we went in the interview with Clay and shit, we were shooting for the stars. We tried to do the T.I. document. Yeah, and you know, Drove. We we're trying to do Drove too. Drove. We ain't have no equipment. We ain't have anything. We just like, well, this is what we doing. <laughs> this is what we trying to do. And he was like, that's cool. Looked at us. He was like, shit, y'all can do something on the Duval. And he was like, who? And we was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately for us, look at the Duval. Now I had the biggest single in hip hop like about two years ago. And that was definitely too- fumbled that. To give people context, that was like 0809, by the yeah, way. It was like 0809. When Dro and T.I. were cooking, and we were like, yo, we wanted to do a reality show with Dro. And he was mm-hmm. like, you know, that Dro calendar was looking crazy. He was like, I don't know about that, man, but I got a comedian that y'all can work with, man. His name is Lil Duval. And we was like, nigga, who the fuck is that? And so, shout out to Lil Duval, man. But th- these rap takes are he terrible. Do, yeah, he ain't do a good job selling the Lil Duval to us either, though. Because that shit mean, would have been <laughs> Right. He was just giving us a shot. Lil Duval would have roasted our ass, nigga, with that little handy cam down here, nigga. We ended up doing something with Young L.A. So yeah. it wasn't all the shit. We ended up doing the Young L.A. thing. So that was pretty cool. A little Please. backstory for On Deck for you guys. Absolutely. Before we get out of here, man, last you spoke of it in the intro, wanted to speak on this since we from the town. Master P much celebrated with his son and his recruit went to the HBCU, his son, Hersey. Yep. His Hersey went to an HBCU hometown for us, TSU. Shout out to Penny, Coach Collins over there. But he went over there. Master P didn't get what he expected when he signed up to go to an HBCU. And in a recent interview, Critique the experience. 
after critiquing the experience, removed his son from the institution, signed up on the transport portal. My question to you, Animal Brown, is this good parenting or just a bad move, <laughs> bad look by Master P? Shout out my guy, Master P. Uh, I'm mad I didn't get to make it to a game to holler at him because he was he would go to TSU games, take pictures, holler at people. They said he was real cool. Hot, I didn't get a chance to link up with. Closing right there. Yeah, I was over with. Well, four or five games, donezo. Um, man, look, I, I know it's a tricky situation. I'm a huge Master P fan, but I attended TSU. You know, I'm from this. I'm from Nashville, obviously. Look, dude, I think he did what's best for his son. Mm. Um, and not necessarily what's best for HBCUs. And so what he said in the TMZ interview that has people feeling the type of way was he, he went on to say that his son is allegedly injured, allegedly, which is why he's not playing, mm-hmm. allegedly, and that it's tough for HBCUs to get funding to have top-notch medical facilities and athletic facilities, blah, 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 blah. So he somewhat put the blame on his son not playing because of being at an HBCU that ain't got no money. That's basically what he was saying. I think he's looking out for his son. He's a businessman. He's looking at his son as probably an investment. He's already secured him a $2 million deal. I can't call him a bad parenting for doing that. And we may be looking at one of his children that just isn't that good. Maybe he's Mm. not that great of a basketball player. Maybe he is maxed out. That's perfectly fine. Romeo tried the same thing, dude. He couldn't really hoop. Not like that. He ended up transitioning into acting and going on and being a productive citizen in America, dude. And I have no doubt that he can have Hersey do the same thing. By all accounts, the kid has a good head on his shoulder. He ain't out here doing no goofy shit. So I think P and his son will be fine. This will be, it just sucks that it's the hometown. That's all. Definitely sucks that it's the hometown. Again, shout out to Coach Collins, man. Facts. Um, Grew up with us in the city. I shot ball with Penny before, man. Prominence, huh? We done shot ball with Penny before. Yeah, he's he's taking TSU to prominence, man. So we really, it hits home for us. For me, the parenting, I'm not calling Anderson. I don't have kids. I don't, I can't, I don't know. Me neither. I'm going to be flat out with you. I I don't know about the parenting, but what I saw that I didn't like for Master P um, was the airing the dirty laundry on TV with TMZ. Like you can be protecting your kids and you can also protect the interest of people that fuck with you as well. Like it ain't gotta be either or. And the reason that I say it ain't gotta be either or is because you're Master P, bro. Like this ain't life or death. And I know that's easy for me to say sitting on the other end, but like your son ain't gotta make it to the NBA. Right. He ain't gotta play D1 ball like you Master P. That's what you put in that work for. So my problem is, is when you go to TMZ, and it's like your mama used to say, like, you don't go in front of quote unquote white folks talking about what happened in this house. Like, if you want to take this shit up with people at TSU, if you want to take this up with some black media source and say, hey, this is what we're going to do to fix it. It's cool. No, go to TMZ telling them oh, TSU dropped the ball here, there in the third. Then on top of that, take your son and say, oh, we're leaving to go to the white folks where the water is colder and the ice is colder. Like, let's not do that because massive people done a lot of work to have the means to be able to change shit like that. In my opinion, he may have no interest in doing that. And that's cool. I ain't gonna hold him one way or the other for that. But what I will hold him responsible for is the platform that he has getting on that shitting on HBCUs that already have it hard to secure funding that already hard 
have it hard getting athletes and people to come there because they don't have the funding to, to promote the way the PWIs do. So let's not you, Master P, be the person to continue to add fuel to the flames to make it go the other way. I didn't like that at all. Duh. So with that being said, if you want to take your son and you want to leave, that's cool. Just don't go to TMZ and tell everybody, hey, man, this experience sucked because you're better than that. Duh, duh. And if you want to, you can make it better. The, the call to TMZ was some slaw. That's, that's, that's calling paparazzi on yourself when you're getting ready to walk out the door. And that, that way I ain't, and that was some slaw. And why, bro? This not life or death, bro. Like Hersey ain't, yeah, they're not go checking for him league, like that, bro. Like he ain't gotta go to the league. Man, yeah, like no. most I, people I don't. don't. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's cool. Like he ain't gotta go to the league. Just like them ugly ass knockoff Jordans didn't sell. It's like, ain't nobody buying the uh, noodles or the fucking uh, whatever it is you were selling, dude. It's cool. You still Master P? Like, Listen. Just, I, I just offer some help, bro. Help us don't hurt us. Shout out to Skill Wing and my guy Marcus Kinsley, man. Help us don't hurt us, man. Absolutely. Real real quick, though. I'm. This is the part, because I, I, I'm looking at it from both perspectives, and obviously you don't want to be the person that gets the short end of the stick because Master P has the... His 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 voice is louder than Tennessee states. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. got what seven, eight, nine, ten million followers on Instagram. He can get TMZ on the jack. Like he can do stuff like that. So what he says holds more weight. I the 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 thing is, I he doesn't. I would ask you, does he owe TSU anything? Yeah. Why? Because you made a commitment to them. You like there there you signed a scholarship. Or his son, or whatever it may be. People, don't people See, move you, all the time, though? They do all the time, but you signed up to be a part of this. And I ain't asking you to, for blind loyalty, but you owe TSU more than calling TMZ to complain. I think he's and done more been, than that, though. What you mean, like bringing the complaints to TSU? No, I'm saying bring. I'm, no, I'm saying bringing those eyes to TSU. Where, where T Tennessee State hoodie on Breakfast Club, the number one breakfast show in the country, Miss is Bill that's Dan. a big deal. Going to ESPN, talking to Stephen A, repping Tennessee State University, that's a big deal. Those are looks that Tennessee State has never had before. Right. So that's what and I'm saying. You, that In his head, that's what he would say he's done. I guarantee, bro, if we had him on this show, or if we just had him behind closed doors, he would say, nigga, you know how many eyes I just put on y'all shit? He would say that, bro. And first of all, he would say that for I don't owe y'all anything. I, I know people are yelling at you right now through their listening device let's not do tsu any kind of way it's one of the most respected hbcus out there of course and in sports history nfl they got they're not on breakfast club though bro players. you're right they're not on breakfast club but what good is that if three months later you come back and shit on it and you remove yourself from the situation it's cool like bro if you go on tmz or you calling them because you feel like the tsu ain't listening but you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna stay here and stick it out because i believe in what i signed up for with my son then that's cool i get what you're saying but you can't go and do this and say well at least i got y'all on breakfast club because on breakfast club tomorrow you know what they're going to talk about oh p shitted on tsu and his son is leaving so now the last thing that people are going to remember is him shitting on him they're not going to remember the beginning part like you said when he shouted them out and had the hoodie on that was misspelled or had Tennessee uh soldiers <laughs> instead of Tennessee State Tigers like they're not even going to remember that stuff so the stuff that he's done like you said it's great it's cool but it ain't enough I, th I think like I, I think said. I think I think the uh, the only people that I've heard him say that he shitted on TSU 
are people that have ties to Nashville and TSU. I haven't seen Breakfast Club say that. I haven't seen any other outlet say, damn, peace shit on HBCUs, except people that are connected to the school and have an emotional tie to the city or and or school. Those are the only people I've, I've seen say that. That's enough, ain't it? But I thought, but with all that being said, the TMZ interview was trash. Let me be very clear. Okay. The TMZ interview was trash. Like, right. let's make no mistake about that. But I think there's an emotional attachment to uh, the people that we're hearing it from. And it's no coincidence that everybody that's saying he trashed the city and all this are actually from the city and go to the school. You, you stumbled upon a great point there. That's what HBCUs are all about, though. It's the communities. Like, you've offended a community. Like, even when we talk about how to bring them to prominence, we talk about associating a, so, a certain rapper with a specific community in the HBCU, whether it be Puff with Hampton or such and such with Florida A&M or P with TSU. Once you, like, that's the, that's the community that you should be riding for when you're out in public. Like I said, it's cool for you to have these gripes and these complaints, but like you said, the people that are offended are the most important people that we're talking about in the situation because no one else is going to care. Like you said, three, four months from now, the Breakfast Club not going to care. But those people from TSU that expected Master P to be there, that expected the benefits of his son signing on and all the shit that he was talking on Breakfast Club three, four months from now, they still going to be feeling the effects from that. I think, so they they, should be I the think there was still some benefits. I, I, I think they got they got the look that they that they were looking for, because let's be honest, if I'm the coach of Tennessee State University and Master P calls me and is interested in having his son in my school, I'm not, I, I, I'm going to think at least some part of my head that this is going to be a good look for my program. Like you, that, you have to be thinking that, like, I don't give a fuck when anybody wants to act like, oh man, no, no nigga, you're looking at it as an opportunity just like he is. Well, I'm scratching your back, you scratch mine, but I'm I'm telling you that TMZ bull, that bullshit ass TMZ interview is a little bit overblown, even though he shouldn't have done it though. That shit was, okay. was whack. That's all I'm I'll saying. I'll take I'll take that point, but let me ask you this, and you have to answer honestly. For sure. The, the next two, three star recruit though, that's deciding between TSU and somewhere else, and he's doing his Googles online and he says, Oh, well, Master P was shitting on them. I ain't going there. Like that's a lasting effect. This is going to be online forever and out there. Like, this is going to, this can, I ain't necessarily saying that it was because I know Penny's going to go on to do great things for Thanks. this program. But in the immediate term, like, you're, you're asking what good did it do? What bad does it do? Like, this is going to be out there. Like, this affects recruiting as well. Like, yeah. you're telling people, you're telling people coming in, oh, these facilities not good. The trainers, I don't know, man. I had to take my child out, man. You take it for what it's worth. But, Hey man, give him a try. I got ain't a ringing endorsement. Come yeah, on, nah, he, he, he should have never done the Westland interview. That's yeah, no he way. definitely shouldn't have done that. We both agree to that. Um, hey man, we'll what we should do is get to these 2021 on deck awards. If you are listening, if you are new listening to the show, we've got specific categories, man, that we like to go over. None of the lame shit that you see on like MTV and but none of that bullshit. We got our own categories. Um, we got about five, six, seven, eight of them. I don't know, but listen, they all dope. I'm gonna kick this first one off. This is one of my favorite ones, man. Who let you down in 2021? All right, this mm. is the letdown award. Uh, we've got some nominees. We got Kendrick Lamar, your man's. We mm. got Roddy Rich, Push mm. the T, and we mm. got Cardi B. Who let you down? All these people were scheduled to drop this year and have yet to drop as of the recording of this episode. We know Roddy Rich is about to drop in about a week or two. Is but it? nigga, you too late though. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so who let you down out of these four? I gotta go with Kendrick Lamar. Mm. Uh, just, as you said, he's my favorite, one of my favorite rappers. 
and for him to be as absent as he's been, not even murdering features or nothing, and letting Drake and Cole just like dance on his grave, <laughs> it's definitely disappointing, dude. It was one hundred percent disappointing trying to battle the Twitter in the Twitter streets when your favorite rapper is Kendrick Lamar and everybody else's favorite rapper got shit out. So that's Kendrick true for me. Um, I'll say this, man. Roddy Rich took the Kendrick Lamar approach because <laughs> his last album came out two right. years ago. For some reason, he likes to drop in December toward the end of the year. I'm not sure if that's the best time to drop. It's fourth quarter. Yeah, but it's like, but time that's New Year box, come in, bro. Like, you don't forget what came out hot. in December. Nah, that's how the box got hot, though, right? That was just a hot record. Though. That would that would have popped in any that's, month. I'm gonna be real. I, but it, it it made it pop for it. it. The timing that he had in that was able for him to take the two years off. Mm. Like him dropping, yeah, hits on. He had some records on that album, though. He did, and I ain't knocking the album. I'm saying that that record was so big and the timing that it dropped, like it's it's oh, it was okay for him to take the two years off. But you picked him for your like rookie of the year. Who's your guy? Because I'm a beast. With that being said, though, my the person who let me down the most is Pusha T. Like Kendrick Lamar, at least has an excuse with COVID because he's gonna make music in which he has to do worldwide tours to go along with it. So he needs a full rollout, and he needs to know if this Omarion shit is really real, or if the what was the one Delta or whatever the fuck, whatever variant was before Delta. He needs to make sure that this shit is cleared the fuck up. So when he drops his album, then he can go on this big dog nine thousand city world tour. So I understand his apprehension. Pusha T not doing that shit. There's no reason on earth when you got Pharrell on one line on your phone and Kanye calling on the other and they both sending you beats, nigga. You got the best production on earth. There's no reason you can't give us 14 tracks of that piff, dude. What the fuck are you waiting on? We should have had that King push in June. And then on top of that, he said his album was coming on the fucking Pop Smoke song, dude. You say, uh, what do you say? Tyler got the album of the year for now. That's until King Pooh. Where's that, bro? Christmas is in two days, fam. Where's your album at, dude? The ball finna drop in Times Square any day now, bro. Where is your fucking album? Pusha T, you let me down the most. Easy. You are just waiting on that Pusha T albums because you're a Drake fan and you want it not to be good. I'm so a good music fan, it. sir. <laughs> you want him to rush it. No, I agree with you. Pusha T should have dropped. Um, could he have writer's block? You think that that's possible? The, do you think that the the because without Drake, what is he gonna talk about? That and <laughs> being jabbed about rapping about dope for so long at this late in his career, do you think maybe he's trying to switch it up and can't find that? That's a that's a that real thing. That's for. a real thing. Like, yeah, because he's kept that same subject matter for a long time. He married now, and like, like the older yeah. you get, it's like, bro, you gotta sound right. like trying to relive your youth and shit like come on now he might be trying to we always say this and it's cliche on this show because it's kind of the the our brand of music but his 444 like, he Ooh. may be struggling to find it Ooh. and that's why we ain't heard from him. that's a good point yep all right next category we have the one more chance low-key like a lid midget locksmith damn Low-key like a midget locksmith. Got it right that time. Jesus. The project that you think that people should have heard, they need to revisit, double back on, they might have missed it. And the category, or excuse me, the nominees in the category are Jim Jones, Fraud Department, Larry June, The Orange Print, mm. Fat Joe, What Would Big Do, and 
42 Doug, Freedom Boys. Freedom Boys. I got to go with the album that lasted on streaming sites for about 72 hours before it was taken off, which is probably one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people didn't get a chance to hear it. Fat Joe, what would Big do was a vibe, it was a whole vibe. He went with a theme, the entire project of sampling older records, which is a cheat code. I get that. But at least he did it in a theme form. Like it was clear that that was his purpose in making this type of project. And it had heat rock on there. He sampled that Michael Jackson sample. That's one of the dopest songs this year. And then they took that shit off with the quickness on uh, streaming sites, even though I think it is available still on that Piff and my mixtapes, if you still remember that those apps exist. I'm going to go Fat Joe, what would Big do? Because that was a really good project. And like you said, people that get up there in age, you always wonder, like, what are they going to do next? What is Nas's project going to sound like next? If Jay come out, what is he going to be talking about? Is Pusha's T still going to be talking about bricks and shit? Like, eh, and I don't know if it's going to hit the same. You wanted to know what is Fat Joe going to do to still remain relevant but not lose himself? He was able to do that with that What Would Big Do? Hey, man, good for Fat Joe, but that's the wrong pick. Shit. <laughs> if you wasn't on that Larry June orange print. That's a nice project. You missed out. You missed out. And some people may have a hard time adjusting to Larry's style. Give it give it time. Like, let it, let it soak in. I promise you. It's an album. It's a project that you're going to want to take a listen to for this year. So if you didn't check that Larry June out, do Larry June get enough pub? No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't get enough pub. So he's underrated. Absolutely. Gotcha. I, it okay. took me a minute to warm up to him because I don't, he, he reminds me of Dom. I mean, he reminds everybody of Dom. But see Dom. I'm not a fan of Dom time. Kennedy. And so mm. when, shout out to my guy Jay, he, he the first person that put me on Larry June. I was like, yeah, he too much like Dom. Skip. But then I re I doubled back and listened. I was like, okay, now nah, I'm kind of fucking with this. I like what he's saying. He's saying real nigga shit on here. And so, um, yeah, I'm fucking with that Larry June. That Orange Print, that, that's a nice project too. So I, I can't be mad at that. It just ain't that Fat Joe. <laughs> Nothing is that Fat Joe. <laughs> Let's go crack. Way too much Fat Joe love on this episode, but go ahead. Um, Next up, man, we've got the 09 Lil Wayne Award. That is the award for the best feature artist. Because in 09, if you remember, Lil Wayne spazzed. Uh, and what he do a 99 million features that year and killed all of them. Um, so this year we have four nominees. I'm going to go Lil Baby, Future, Lil Wayne himself, and Lil Dirk. Who do you have as the uh, 09 Lil Wayne Award? Uh, shout out Darko, man. Bodied it this year. Um, I think that he did a lot for his profile this year as far as going from one list to the next list going from one tier to the upper tier like everything he was on was a hot song he was killing the verses I, I i didn't even think dirk was a lyrical dude but he's been giving you what you've been looking for on all the hot songs this year so i gotta go with dirk yeah i ain't gonna lie man dirk moving to atlanta putting some color in his dreads that was the best thing he ever did dude like it's been, <laughs> that formula has been working for him he's found his lane down here I'm going to give it to him, too, even though I, I slick want to go future off the strength of that I'm too sexy for the kill that and that um that four two Doug, too, that tells Steve Harvey I don't want it like that verse right there. He killed that, too. So future was on niggas heels. I will say that. But I got to go, Dirk. He was simply everywhere, bro. Every project was standard, had to come standard with that Dirk feature and with that baby feature. Like that was, was the rap nigga kid. That was a hard category because baby was on his ass this year, pause. 
And Wayne, like Wayne, Wayne dusted some niggas off this year. Nigga. That's a fact. Like, Jesus Christ, real low like, key. Everybody, that was a whole category right there. All right, next we got the coach slash executive. We like to call it the P. Shug Dame Award because those were the executive Diddy. I forgot Diddy. Yeah. Those were the executives that raised us and we saw growing up in hip hop. And this year's nominees are mm-hmm. Swiss Beats. Coach K and P, Yo Gotti, and Snoop Dogg. Mm. You got AB. This is a good list right here. Uh, I, I could give this to any one of them, to be honest. Man, but I'm going to go Coach K and P, dude. Really? Like, man, bro, they have continued to be relevant. And I like that they expanded to the, the sports. They take QC to the next level, dude. Like, they turn it into, like, a little mini rock nation. Well, not even mini. They turn into like a rock nation. I love what they got going on. Um, of course, the Migos dropped their long-awaited Culture 3. Um, they had hits sprinkled out throughout the year. City Girls came back in here, even started to do a little bit of solo stuff here and there. So I felt like their fingerprint was felt. There was rumors of them buying 300 Entertainment. Who knows if that's going to happen? But they remain relevant. And they stepped outside the box and tried different shit, man, with the QC sports. They're doing big things, big, big, big things. Even with the uh, the QC media, they had the documentary on the jewelry that's on YouTube. That was a fire documentary. Mm. It was very well done. So I, I, I'll give it to Coach KMP, even though, man, everybody on this list got something to say this year, though. Big facts. And I always want to give props out to Coach KMP. I love what they do. Um, and they got the hottest artist in the game, baby, too. You forgot Migos. that. Your, yeah, Migos. Your long, long soliloquy there. You forgot about having the hottest artist in the game. That's amazing. Uh, Yo Gotti. I got to go with Yo Gotti here. And I and I say that off the strength of listening to Yo Gotti first album and the generation of, that he came up with, with Jeezy and Gucci and T.I. Like, I wouldn't have thought that if, I took a poll in 2021 and say, well, who's doing the best out of those guys from a music standpoint? And, and you would take Yo Gotti. I wouldn't have thought that. Yo. So just on that alone, I want to pick him for, you know, the artist that he has under him, Black Youngster, Moneybag Yo. Um, yo. Who, uh, who am I forgetting? Shit, 42 Doug. Yeah. Uh, all of the people ESTG. on the CMG. Uh, ESTG. Yeah. Uh, Yo Gotti has, has shown with the soccer ownership that we talked about earlier, like Yo Gotti has shown himself to grow into what you want to do as a rapper when you start this. And yeah. the conversation that we've heard him have behind the scenes, it shows that he had a plan, he stuck to it. And I, I commend him for it and shout out to Yo Gotti for it. Yeah, man, got to give him props. Well, like I said, man, that was that was a tough category too because I, I think Snoop going to do big things at Def Jam. It's just going to happen next year or next two yeah. years. He had to sign one more person other than Benny. He might have won that. Hey, you know what? We when we talked about that, and we was like, man, he should like if this would have happened back in the day, they would have had the source cover with about four or five niggas on there. You'd have been gassed at what Dev Jan had come. I'm gonna tell you who they need to sign tomorrow. Who he needs to sign Saha tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. Saha claimed he got the greatest album of all time. We know how dope he is. We know how. Shit, he can ghostwrite for some other niggas on Def Jam, too, and make they shit tighter. Nigga, I think that'll be a nice free agent pickup. He's not a big splash, but I just think it'll be people who, if you know, you know, and you'll be excited if you saw him standing next to Snoop talking about Def Jam, I'm here. My, my The greatest album of all time is coming next month. Like, that, that'll get motherfuckers excited, dude. That is a great point. So play that out. Before we get back to the category, right? Let's say Snoop make the call from Def Jam. For sure. He like, Sai, I want you to come sign on the dotted line. 
We're going to put that album that you're talking about out on Def Jam. It's going to put you on the next level. How much you think Zaha asking for to bring that album to Def Jam? Let's say that in three more albums. That's tricky because I, I, I don't know Saha, man, but he comes off as a very confident fellow. Yes, that's why I was getting to why I asked the question. He would jackball that deal and you know it. <laughs> that gonna add, like, because like, I feel like he would ask Snoop for a number that he know he's not going to get. <laughs> oh, I need 10 million for this or 5 million. He's like, bro, come on. Click him. <laughs> we trying to build something over here, bro. You can stay right over there in East Atlanta, my nigga. You ain't even got like, <laughs> come on, bro. <laughs> but then on size, he's like, I ain't finna sell you this shit that I feel like is the best album. That's and true. Do myself down and that shit go crazy diamond or whatever I think is gonna go. And I done shortchanged myself for $10 million. So, so you gotta know your yeah. worth. You gotta know your worth. But they need said they're gonna need some of that budget to put some features on there to, to sauce it up, but to get some eyes on it. That's just how the game go. I'd love to be a fly on the wall with that comment, then that hypothetical conversation 100 percent I would too. Where is Sahai, man? He gotta get he gotta get back out here. That nigga milk carton. We gotta do a milk carton episode. He's a feature. That's a fact. Right. Is, it, is this me or you? It's you. It's on you. All right. Here's another category, man. It's the hot seat category, guys. Who who can't get right? Whose career is on the verge of being a rap? All right. We've got four in the in the category. YK Osiris, who continues to owe niggas money for some strange reason. He doesn't have time to make music because he's too busy paying debts back. Pooh Shiesty. Tiger or the baby? Who you got? The YK Osiris thing, I think, is after listening to more, uh, mainly the Joe Budden podcast and our group chat, this may be album promo. Because uh, I wouldn't be talking about him or know him if he didn't pop up with all of these people. And I know we were asking about it last week, and then I heard the Joe Budden podcast, and they were asking the same thing. And I was like, okay, this is album promo. Like niggas, like he ain't just popping up around Drake and like just in these different places and owing people money. Like no one even knows you, dude. Relax. Yeah, it gotta be. So, it gotta be something. Yeah, this is out. This is a rollout. <laughs> oh, and you know what's funny? He's on Def Jam. Yeah, this is a rollout. This and is a rollout. He on Def Jam, bro. So with that being said, I think his career is just starting. I, I look forward to seeing where he goes because this is a very interesting rollout. Owing niggas money and uh, taking the Eminem <laughs> belittling yourself approach is very interesting. As a rapper, I can't see how this plays out. Um, I got to go with the baby, man. Stop. Nigga, get the fuck out of rough. here. It's going to be rough for the baby to pop back, man. And the reason that I say that is even it, it, he just never learns his lesson. And I'm not saying that whatever that's going to happen to him, the end it has happened already. I don't know. But just looking at the Danny Lee situation right off the other situation, right off of whatever other situation <laughs> that he had going on before that, because we know that there was there was one like it, like the rabbit foot going to run out, bro. Like it's, it, it, it's going to be something this year that, that, that finally like it's just it ain't going. I don't see it keeping up, bro. So the baby, I don't think he's bulletproof. You might think he's bulletproof. I don't think he's bulletproof. Man, if he ain't got got by now, man, listen. There, Killed a, a nigga and got off like David Chappelle said. So it's, it's got to be something. That's true. Um, there's a difference between three of these people and one of these people on this list. In that YK Osiris, Tiger, and the Baby are all free. They are mm. all walking the streets <laughs> and are mm. able to go in into a studio and make a hit record, possibly. Who knows? Or make 
uh, a TikTok record or whatever the case, they can at least do that. You know who can't do that right now is Pooh Shiesty, dude, who might have one of the fastest fall-offs I've ever seen in music. Someone wanted to debate me on this and said that Bobby Schmurders was faster, but I don't know because Pooh Shiesty album came out this year and then he got lot, and then that back in blood with with Dirk went crazy. And then he got signed and then he got locked up and we haven't seen him since. And it's not looking good. Um, allegedly, he's man facing five to ten on the low end. Uh, so it nobody wants to see that. But just based off of those facts, I have to say him because he had so much potential. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of people that were digging him. His sound was different. He, we know Gucci and he got an ear for talent. So we know it was the sky was the limit for Pooh Shiesty. And it, and it's ugly, man. That, that fall off. I think it's a wrap, bro. That quickly grand opening, grand closing, bro. All these other people, Tiger had a domestic case, which is never a good look. And plus who, who listens to Tiger anyway? So he might already be smoked. Say, is it possible for him to fall any further? Yeah, that's true. And, and, and YK Osiris is. Like he, he's like, like nigga, he has an OnlyFans page. Like, oh yeah, nigga, Tiger, that's crazy. Oh, it's over. And I ain't gonna lie though. His little, have you ever had this little food? His little restaurant, his little ghost kitchen on Uber and shit. That Tiger oh, bites. No, nah, it's fine. I mean, it's it's actually it's I though. Like I kind of I sleep fuck with it. It's like oven baked chicken nugget type, not nuggets, but mm-hmm. boneless chicken bites and like sweet potato tater tots. It's pretty good though. And that's you get them, in, you get them in different like flavors and shit. It's pretty dope. Interesting. I'm not mad. Tiger's a smart business, man. Uh, it's a virtual Tiger. kitchen. Interesting. Um, yeah, Tiger, I, it's it's a wrap for him. I don't even know what I was gonna say. The, the kitchen threw me off. <laughs> the kitchen <laughs> threw me off. Oh, <clears throat> Pooh Shiesty. It ain't over for him. I don't think. Shit. I think he'll get out. I hope so, <laughs> but no, it ain't looking good. Yeah, he, it, it ain't looking good right now. It's Miami, man. Bigger criminals than him than walked away. And um, yeah. once I think the, the 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 stuff keep coming out about the case and he goes to trial, or if he even goes to trial, he'll settle out of court, like you said, five to 10, he'll do two and a half, maybe three. Ooh. He'll pop back, they'll start doing the free shot, free pool shots too. He'll have another shot. We'll see, man, what's next? Next we have the Didn't Miss a Beat, AKA the Vaccine Award. Yep. All right, so who was hot before COVID and didn't slow down one bit? So this has been two years now. So not even hot before COVID. During COVID, we were saying now post-COVID. Yep. And the candidates are your man, Aubrey Graham, a.k.a. Drake, Lil Baby, Megan The Stallion, and J. Cole. Ooh, this is tough because um, they're all relevant and they're all in good spaces right now. I've got to go Drake, though. And the only reason I say that. Shocker. Yeah, I know, man. It's crazy. Who saw that coming? Drake has been relevant all year. He dropped the, the three-piece earlier in the year, or the four-piece. I can't remember how many songs was on there. But that shit, went, that shit went over pretty well. He had the entertaining music videos. He had the hits, the song of the summer, or one of the songs of the summer. He continued to do his thing, dude. Like, and it's just... I, like and, and we'll get when we get to the top 10 albums of the year, like, however you feel about the album, if it was more of the same to you or, you know, if this was, uh, you know, Aubrey Reloaded, whatever the fuck, however you felt about it, like do continues to be in, in contention for the MVP award every year, dude. Like he just is, dude. He's like LeBron. Like you could give it to him, but niggas just want to go with somebody else just to switch it up. Same thing. They did the same shit with Mike. But I think Drake is has proven to just be 
like Braze, he's like he's undefeated, bro. Like I'm sorry, like dude, you want to talk about Teflon? Like Drake is Teflon, bro. Like it just is. He even had to, even the little spat he had with Kanye, dude, just would. The album was coming soon for three months straight. Like, and nobody gave a shit. Everybody still waited on it, dude. He didn't lose one fan because he delayed his album 17 times. And so I, I got to go Drake, man, re- with respect to the other hot individuals on the list. Right. And because it's Drake, like you said, all of that stuff, he's Teflon, bulletproof. And because he's Drake, he can delay it. And I agree. Uh, even in a in an album year, and compared to an off year when we see he was kind of laid low in the, the quarantine year, he was still making waves. But this was an album year, CLB dropped, and he was everywhere. Like everywhere that he should have been, all the features that he should have made, like he was everywhere, beefing with the biggest other rapper than him yeah. or person in the music business, Kanye West. So hey, I think he did everything that he was supposed to be as the number one act in the game. So I agree with that. We can argue Kanye Slick had a bounce back year too. Cause last cause last 2020 niggas won't fucking yeah, Kanye bounced back. He had a good year. It wasn't better than Drake or Baby. Baby was right on Drake ass. Though. I agree. He just didn't have no full length project. That's what. Yeah, he just didn't come out with an album and just put his solo on the next level. But he's right there breathing down his neck. And J Cole had a great year. But of J course. Cole is is become expected now. I like, agree. So he ain't gonna get as much recognition, and he's not as big as Drake. Just just flat out. So and I go Drake too. I thought about this real quick before we get to this last category. We talked about, when Nori had talked about he made Kanye cool again. He, I, this, I thought about this the other day. That only works. That interview only works is if that album that Kanye dropped is well received. That's the only way that works. Because if that album would have came out and, and generally speaking, people didn't like it, nobody would have gave a shit about what he was talking about in that interview. Like, so the fact that Kanye put out music that people, generally speaking, re- received well, that is what put him back in good graces with people and then the interview was just the icing on top of that because it always starts with the music. Well, at least with an artist, that is. It always starts agree. with the music. I disagree with you because I, I wouldn't I didn't give a fuck about that That's why I said album. generally speaking, though, yeah. because okay. that 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 record people like the album. I checked into that interview because he was doing it with Nora. Like that was the only reason that I but you we've talked about this before. You don't look at interviews for the interviewer. I look at, I won't look at interviews because of the person that's interviewing them. Like I it'll be somebody that I want to hear from and everything, but if it's like somebody that I don't want to hear talking to them, I don't, tap out. So I see what you say there. That's an interesting perspective. But I think my, my perspective on that is different. The only reason that I even gave that a shot is because it was on drink champs. It could have been Breakfast Club, it could have been anywhere else, and I wouldn't have listened to it. Probably other than maybe Joe, but Joe Butt. Me and Dollar Whoever Game, you would have listened to that. That would have been interesting. Oh no, he would have deboed them, man. <laughs> they like they let niggas get to talking on there. Like Wallow, I fuck with Wallow and Gilly. They do a good job, but I don't know if Kanye West, because Nori got a unorthodox style. Like it's hard for a nigga to try to go in there and try to just talk over Nori and shit, because he gonna hit you from everywhere. They try to stay in a straight line and just be kind of like, I don't know. Would, yeah, you're right. I would have checked it out just see how that went. Yeah, I agree with that. Don I, I, that's an interesting point that you bring up the music was good though i ain't knocking what you're saying from that the album was good and it would have been a lot received less if it weren't for that banging album with donda but i checked it out simply because of nori so i see what he says that too for sure man is flowers shout out to nori man uh verse of the year is this you the year that's you that's you. you you got it. all right fuck it verse of the year man we've got one two three four five 
Woo, this was tough. This was my hardest category. Mm. Drake seeing green, which is course was the Nikki record. Andre 3000 verse on life of the party. Jesus Christ. Miss Donda. Oh my God. Hey, Miss Donda. Might not even have to read the rest. Man. You run into yeah, that we might that might just be the end of the cat. Fuck it. That's the end of the category. But just for the shits and giggles, we'll keep going. Freddie Gibbs empathy, his verse on Lloyd Banks album. Nobody heard that. If a tree falls in the woods, did it really fall? That's a good point. The only person I heard talking about that Lloyd Banks was Big Jeff. And this verse, but this Banks. verse was fired. Oh, he killed it. Fabio right Foreign right off the point. grid, off that Donda. And Lil Baby Wants and Needs off at Drake, uh, three piece. Verse of the year. What's the second best verse of the year? Because we know what this the first a, one is. This is a tough category, man. So, first of all, it's, it's very rare that a nigga get on a track and watch Drake up. But Baby definitely did it on Wants and Needs. Oh, shit. And that don't get him the third <laughs> on here. And he snapped on that, though. He did snap on. He went off on that. The, the, the switching up the cadence and shit let you know the baby had arrived. I don't want to dismiss Drake on seeing green, but Wayne had a better verse. Whoa. Uh, yeah, Wayne had Wayne had the, the best verse. Wayne was ripping that seeing green. He was. Like, he, he, he made niggas. He dusted it off there. But, um, of course, the winner in this is Andre. Clearly. Like, come on. Clearly. Sorry, Miss Donda. But for me, number two was the Fabio. He murdered it. Like that nigga. I don't even. I don't even listen to New York Drill. My he nigga. murdered it. And I was reluctant to even listen to this album. But one song that I found myself continuously playing that's your heart. was this. And this verse, this nigga was going in, that's dude. True. It's exactly what you want to hear from a young nigga from New York like him is popping, like bar for bar. Like I love that shit. So his verse would be second for me. That I would agree. be verse of the year if Andre three thousand wasn't an alien. That would be verse of the year. I, you know what, I agree because that Fabio verse was, t- and I, I, I had listened to him previous to this, and I, I mean, you know what, I, th- he doesn't have anything like that in his catalog before this, so th- this was like a career defining moment because there's a lot of eyes on that album, dude, and especially that song because it got the beat, it got the whole, you know, it got the little bop and all that good shit. Thanks. But I think the fact that Ye came in and was like. Yo, this a this album by my mom. I'm on my gospel shit, whatever the fuck. You know what I'm saying? I'm on I'm on this type of time. I think he forced people out of their traditional. I'm clapping niggas up, blah 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 blah. Whatever the fuck five y'all talk about on the drill shit. He made people step outside their box and actually show some range. And I think that's why it connected, in my opinion. That I think that's why that verse worked because, like you said, that was some young nigga New York shit that he was. He had the same style and the swag. Of the New York nigga, but like he was saying some real shit on there about navigating the industry, being coming where he come from, and he doesn't talk about that on the other shit that he that he puts out. And so I I like that he Kanye forced people out of their box, whether that was done purposefully or not. I think it worked for several people on that album. Um, and that that verse to me is the second best verse of the year. He killed it. Like he be performing yeah. at it like festivals and everything now. Too. <laughs> that, that, that is, like you said, that's a good point. Career defining verse right there. Yep. Like that, that changed his career. Like that's one of those games. Uh, but to show love to the one that won, that Andre verse is just like, is a reason why he's so special, dude. And it's just like, I was trying to explain this to my girl because she was asked, like, why did everybody consider Andre the best rapper, right? Yep. And it ain't necessarily like we was talking about earlier with the little Duval thing. It ain't necessarily about lyrics. It's just how relatable dude is, man. Yeah. Like you can listen to this verse and like, it ain't necessarily boring you down or nothing like that. It's just like the emotion that it strikes. Yep. Like I ain't been rapping in three, four, five years, nigga. 
but I can come back and I can talk to this dude via 16 about his mom, nigga, more important, my mom passing. And yep. when you listen to it, you're going to think about the people in your life that you lost. Like, yes, everybody can't do that. Dude. No. That's just, that shit is really special, dude. And that kind of explains, like, when I explained to her, I, I mentioned the verse on um, uh, What a Job, the Devin the Dude song. And I kind of mentioned that a lot on this podcast. I listen to that song every day. Mm -hmm. But just him on that verse is just like, it ain't really super lyrical, but he was just talking about how he met a couple and they explained to him how his verse got them through such and such. And they, like, he was telling them he had to go to the studio, but just in reference how great his job was of being a rapper. Mm -hmm. And it's just small shit like that of how he's able to turn the hook into the verse, into make it all relate to you as a person listening to the song man that's just special and it ain't maybe it's on a it's a handful of people that can do that agreed it, it, it's not a lot and it listen that verse <clears throat> i was listening to when that verse leaked i was listening to the shitty quality youtube version like relent like relentlessly before this even came out before he actually officially dropped it when they officially dropped it, nigga, that shit sound, and then it's over the beat, like it's everything. It's just perfect. The, the nigga verse just, is perfect, dude. Like it's, it's just, just like I don't shit. like the the sorry Miss Donda. Like keep continuously adding that in there. Like that shit is perfection. That That's nigga said, kiss. man. That hey man, hey Miss Donda. <laughs> that man, hey dude. <laughs> It's just next level, man. It hit, it hit completely different if you don't lost somebody close, though. It hit Thanks. what? Like, even if you haven't, nigga, like, if you just fucking are alive, nigga, you just know how the world work, it hit Thanks. different. So that's that's the verse of the year, man. I said that. I spoiled that weeks ago, and I'm yeah, sticking easy, to that. Um, Andre 3000, low-key, might have verse of the year about five or six years, though. For, like, not in a row, yeah. but I'm saying just, like, if you go back and listen to his, like, cause that his verse on "I'm Sorry" on that Ti, where he talk about dipping on the no, tour, and that's why. And how, how he fucked it up with his baby mama. Oh man, my god! That, Excuse me, with big boy. Hey, it was another one too, though. Um, There's several. Is it the Ross <laughs> verse that I'm thinking about? I'm thinking about that Ross verse that came out around the same time, maybe. Yeah, I can't even remember how that went though. But yeah, you, you you're right. He might. He definitely might. Guys, let us know, man. Vote on uh, YouTube.com uh, slash on deck TV. Leave a comment. Let us know any one of these categories, man, who you got. Uh, let's get to some quick hits before we get out of here. Excuse me, some wins and some losses before we get out of here. Uh, we have a W to the uh, little baby. His name's been mentioned a lot lately. His birthday just passed and he was gifted some bread, not by the CEO, not by his old lady or anything, but by the water boys down here in Atlanta, man. They returned the favor, gave him some money instead of him breaking them off. So that was a big dog salute, man. I love to see that. That's when you tapped in right there, man. That's the difference between a nigga like little Baby and Meek Mill. Like riding around and what he was doing and giving niggas $20 and little Baby pull up. I done fucked the child so many times. They breaking me off. I love to see that, man. And them water boys be aggressive, too. Jesus. Super aggressive. They got man. chill out. <laughs> you better hope you catch that green light, nigga. You man, ain't got no money you. Hey, bit thirst, bit dog. You need water, bit dog, bit dog. They got cash up, my nigga. I ain't know I ain't got no cash. I got cash up. Zell, oh. you got Zell. All that, bro. It just hit my cash up. God damn. Shout out to my niggas, man. <laughs> For sure, man. And hey, we have an L to the worst album cover, arguably of all time. Birdman and NBA YoungBoy have a collaborative uh, effort coming soon. And we know how people get down when they do the joint albums. They do the half face on one side and half of the other face. If you have seen this Birdman and Young Boy cover, whoever greenlit this should be shot, dude. This cover is fucking terrible, bro. It's the worst cover I've ever seen. 
It's bad. It's really bad, Clover. Yeah, Their faces aren't the same shape, bro. Like it doesn't work, dude. This ain't it look like Stewie, bro, from, from Family Guy. If, uh, this is nuts. That the cover is nuts, but man, shout out to Bird Man. The the doing an album with young th- young thug, NBA young boy, Wayne. There's another there's another youngster that he had an album with, wasn't it? Who, who am I missing here? Yeah, he's he stay um he stayed living off the young wave and staying relevant to the new crowd, man. I, I, I got to commend that. You yeah. caught one for like four generations straight, nigga, like 40, the last 40 years. He been on the hot up and coming young nigga shit. That's crazy. Got to give it to him, man. Thanks. Um, One more W before we get out of here. W to French Montana and um, 50 Cent, man, for finally ending their beef. If you remember, 50 laughed at French Montana for his Bugatti. Apparently, it was like rented or something. I don't know, man. Who knows? It was rich nigga beef. But they squashed it, man, thanks to BMF. They had a big hand in that. So salute to them, man. They who they too old and got too much money to be beefing anyway. That is a fact. That is 100% a fact. French Montana was on uh, Drink Champs and kind of went into a little bit more detail or whatever. So. You know, I I refuse to sit through that. Um, <laughs> drink my channel on Drink Champs. Absolutely might be interesting. Not. I may check the first 20, 30 minutes of that out. Absolutely not. Um, 50 posted the clip of him squashing it, too. So he posted it on his page. That's a, that, that's surprising. Very. 50 very rarely like he, he very rarely uh, squashes beef. So that's definitely surprising. Um, hey man, on Decker of the Week, we are going to Facebook. Shout out our guy Quentin Counts, man. He left a great comment, said it's been a while since I posted on here because I've been off Facebook, but I just wanted to come back and say y'all the goats of this podcast shit. LOL. Much appreciation over here. Appreciate you, big dog. You know, we appreciate you, longtime listener. We definitely seen you for a while. We appreciate it. Keep listening, keep rocking with us. Thank you. Absolutely, man. In short, thank you. Appreciate that, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you got something to put me on before we get out of here? Yes, man. This is going to be an interesting episode. You brought them up a little earlier. Um, I won't say can't wait, but I'm very interested in see how this play out. DJ Academics is going to million dollars worth of game. Yeah. The two hour and 22 minute interview. Yeah. And I cannot wait to press play on it. I know I just said I wasn't going to use can't wait, but that's where I'm at with it. Cause I want to see how this goes. I want to see how Gilly and I, Wallow, I want to see how they hold him to some of the stuff that he does. Cause Wallow was pretty good. And um, it was somebody that I mentioned on here that I listened to when Wallow was pressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, whack. Whack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that interview was good because they ain't let him off the hook. So I want to see if they take a similar approach with academics and see how this goes. So a million dollars worth of game with DJ Academics. Absolutely, man. Um, I put on, I've got two, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Cashmere and Cognac. Make sure y'all check out that podcast. Thanks. It's a grown man lifestyle shit, dude. So if you're trying to level up or st- or stay leveled where you at at a high level, make sure you check that out, man. It's uh, across all social media platforms and all that good shit. YouTube, iTunes, everywhere, man. Just go search that. Um, and then also on HBO, I started, I had some downtime. And so I ran through season two of Love Life because I heard- You finally watched The Wire? No, absolutely not. Come on. I can't, I, season two of that is what got me out of that. Um, but I started season two of Love Life, even though I haven't seen season one, everybody told me you didn't have to, it's an anthology series. They're not really related like that. So I watched season two, man, cause it was a black dude that was the lead. 
And that shit was funnier than hell. It was a very easy watch, 30-minute joint. Pretty good. I'm going to check season one out now. Uh, but that was a good show, man. Very well written. Uh, I, I laughed a lot more than I thought I would. I like seeing black actors and actresses in the dry humor space that usually was just reserved for like Seinfeld and stuff. So it's cool to kind of see our stories being told in that type of style. And it works. So it's a good show. I'm going to check that out. It's been so You would like it. I'm definitely going to check that out. Somebody told me about that. And I wasn't sure, like you said, about season um, two. It's uh, funny, bro. You, you like, like you. There's some shit you'll be like, okay, now this funny as fuck. It's funny as fuck, low key, without being goofy and shit. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that. Which out. is the best type I, of funny for me. I'm gonna finish Dope Sick up tonight, and then I'm definitely gonna check that out. The Dope Sick Five, you gotta watch it. Michael I gotta Keaton. get on that too. It's a lot of <laughs> shit. It's a lot of <laughs> shit, man. I just a lot man. of TV on, man. And Succession, of course. Season finale this week. Goat. Please don't spoil Greatest. it in the goddamn chat. I ain't gonna say anything, but man, it's probably it's easily the best show on TV. Fair enough, man. Hey guys, we appreciate you tapping in again. Uh, YouTube.com slash on deck. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe. Leave a comment for your people too, and follow us at on deck TV show on Instagram, man. Anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. We appreciate again everybody that listens to it. Thank you for tapping in. We hope you guys have a great holiday. We'll be back with we got one or two more episodes before Christmas. So we just want to make sure that you guys are being safe and appreciate you. Yes, sir. We out.